What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to this week's first full episode of the greatest podcast on turf. I'm Anthony. I'm Ryan. We got our week 16 fantasy football stardom sit-ums. Again, we're recording this a little early. It's Tuesday, December 19th. We normally record Wednesdays. Had some scheduling conflicts. Here we are. Just simple. Be on the lookout for injury reports and the weather for these games because they are subject to change. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you guys are new. Let's go. Kicking it off. Who's your starting quarterback? This might be a little bit obvious, but I'm starting the Cowboys game. Uh, Dak Prescott and Tua Tagovailoa against each other. Dak is coming off of a really bad game against the Bills where Cowboys got absolutely demolished. And Tua is coming off of a great game against the Jets without Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is probably most likely going to be back for the Dolphins this week, so there's the boost to Tua there. And in terms of Dak, I think that you know this Miami team is a little bit different than Buffalo. Um, they're not going to just punch Dallas in the mouth. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The line set at 51, so there should be some a decent amount of points put up on the board there. I like both of them. I think they're both top 10 finishes this week. You're probably starting both of them if you have them anyway, but... Daily Fantasy, I'd even fire them up, too. My stardom quarterback of the week, it's risky. This is this could be your fantasy football championship week. But it's Justin Fields. Now, for Justin Fields being the QB20, that's not where you drafted him to be. But you got to look at it like this. There's three games left. Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay. That's three winnable games for Chicago. Justin Fields is playing for his job. You're starting to see more and more in the national sports media world Teams are talking about what's Chicago going to do with that first pick. Is Justin Fields the guy? Oh, Justin <coughs> Fields threw two picks against Cleveland and lost a game. He's not the guy. Who's Justin Fields getting traded to next year? Justin Fields is playing for a job. Now, whether that's for Chicago or if a team trades for him, he's playing for a job. Because who knows? Could end up like Trey Lance, third string quarterback somewhere. You really don't know in the NFL. It's a business. Or he could be the starter for the Bears and proves worth for the new coach that they're going to bring in to not draft a quarterback. That's what these next three games show. They're playing a Cardinals defense, which is not really good in any aspect. They've hung in some games, but as of late, they've been giving up a lot of points. I think that this is a perfect week for Justin Fields to get right and start his tear for the final three weeks and really show that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was worth Chicago trading up for him, and the Chicago shouldn't give up on him just yet. So I think you could start Justin Fields this week against the Cardinals. My sit quarterback this week, this guy's been a stud this year. He's quarterback four. He's only had one bad game all season. It is Brock Purdy going up against the Ravens. I understand if you don't want to do it because of the fact that he is the number four quarterback in fantasy football. So based on your other options, if you want to start Brock Purdy over like a Baker Mayfield, yeah, sure, that is fine. I understand that wholeheartedly because of how good he's done this season, how consistent he's done. However, I don't love this Baltimore matchup. I don't love this Baltimore matchup for either quarterback, if I'm no. being honest. I am really scared of both of these defenses. I do think that the Niners win this game, but I don't think that they dominate the Ravens' defense like they have been doing uh, against Arizona, Seattle, Philly, <laughs> Seattle again. Philly. Um, well, not Seattle again, but Tampa, Jacksonville. They've been dominating pretty much everyone after the bye. I don't think they're going to do that this week against Baltimore. I think this is a pretty modest game from Brock Purdy. He doesn't have the rushing capabilities that, you know, that creates the floor. So we're basically looking at his passing stats only. I don't love it this week. I think Christian McCaffrey, they're going to rely on him heavy. And I think Baltimore is going to shut a lot of things down. 
that the 49ers are used to working. Yeah, Mike Sidham quarterback this week. Russell Wilson versus the Patriots. Kind of ran out of options. I mean, you guys obviously know who to start and who to sit. But, I mean, I figured I'd throw it out there. Russell, I mean, he's been – Russell Wilson has been the epitome of average this year. Consistently mid. Consistently mid is what Russell Wilson has been this season. Yeah, he's had some good games where he scored 26 fantasy points against Washington week two. But we all know how bad that defense is. As of late, though, last four games, 16, 18, 16, 17 points. But they're playing a Patriots defense that has been very good as of late. They held the Chiefs to 27 points. In reality, it really wasn't a fair 27 points. You got to look at it. The Patriots had two turnovers that gave Kansas City the ball inside the red zone. Kansas City wasn't putting together miraculous death march drives and just giving it to the Patriots. I don't see the Broncos doing that, too. I know Denver's, again, hanging in there. They're in the hunt for a playoff spot. And this is a must-win game for them. But New England isn't just going to roll over. They showed it in the first half against Kansas City last week. Now, now Denver's going to win the game. But I don't think Russell Wilson's going to come out here, give you 20-plus fantasy football points, and help you win your championship. There's multiple other options you can go other than Russell Wilson this week against the Patriots. So I say Sid Russell Wilson this week. Jumping to the running back side of the ball, I am starting the Chiefs running backs this week. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat here. If Pacheco plays, you start Pacheco, and you only start Pacheco. Yes. If Pacheco doesn't play, I think you can comfortably start Clyde Everett-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon. I would probably lean McKinnon, but... I don't blame you for starting either. Both of those running backs last week popped off against um, the Patriots. Jarek McKinnon had a receiving touchdown and he had a throwing touchdown. A uh, little shovel pass to Rasheed Rice. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a really big screen. I'm not sure if he got in the end zone, but I know he did good yards-wise. Um, there he is. Carlos I know he did good yards-wide. I don't think he did good... He did score a touchdown. So they both scored a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon had two, one throwing. If Pacheco's back, I don't think you can do it because Pacheco is going to get 20 carries and he's going to be the dominant workhorse in his backfield. However, if he's not playing, they're going to split it. And this is a game against Vegas where they're 10-point favorites, so they're going to be up pretty comfortably. They're going to be able to score pretty easily, and they're going to be running the ball late. So I think you can start both of these guys and feel pretty confident. My start, first start of running back of the week, James Conner at Chicago. Now I look at it like this. Last week, James Conner only played 49% of snaps. Still got 14 carries, <laughs> 86 yards, and caught all three of his targets. They're going to use him. The week before the bye, he had 25 rushing attempts for 105 yards, two touchdowns with two targets. James Conner finally started to get his footing after coming back from the injury. Next, he's got a Chicago team that has been – not so good against the run. He just gashed the 49ers for 86 yards and a touchdown behind his offensive line. Chicago's defense a lot worse than James Conner. I think that this is going to be a I think it's going to be a back and forth offensive game. I think we're going to see a lot of touchdowns scored, but James Conner has shown that he is still the alpha running back in this offense. He has showed that he's getting back healthy. And the Cardinals have showed that they're going to game plan around him, give him 14 to 20 carries like they weren't doing, kind of just trying to ease him back from injury. He got four, 17 total touches in a blowout as a running back. 
that doesn't really catch the ball, that's good in my book. And he played less than half of the snaps. Start James Conner this week against Chicago. He's going to give you at least a touchdown, probably 100 yards. And also on running back this week, I'm starting Chuba Hubbard going up against the Packers. Chuba Hubbard's been a stud this year at the second half of the season. Um, First half, he barely played at all. But these last four weeks, he's really ramped it up. Part of the reason of that is he's getting a lot of touches. Um, He had only 14, 19 touches against Tennessee in Week 12. However, 25 rushing attempts against Tampa the next week. 23 against New Orleans. 22 against Atlanta. The volume is absolutely, absolutely there for him. As long as the Panthers don't get blown out, he's probably going to have a pretty good game. And they're playing against the Packers this week, who they don't have the best defense. They just allowed Tampa to score 34 on them, and 34 is a pretty good number. Rashad White had 21 carries, 89 yards, nothing crazy, but he did have the two receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The touchdown, I think, was like a 30-yarder, give or take. And, I I mean, he's not going to have that good of a number, not a Rashad White type of number. But I think you can get 15 out of Chuba Hubbard pretty consistently with the 23 carries that he's getting against a team like the Packers that aren't that good against running backs in general. Yeah, and um, next start on running back, you're starting the Patriots running backs. By that, I mean, if Ramondre Stevenson plays, you start him. If Ramondre Stevenson doesn't play, you start Zeke. It's simple as this. They're playing Denver. Denver just got gashed by Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. New England has made it a point that they are going to run the ball due to their lack of presence at quarterback. Even if Ramondre Stevenson plays, it's risky, but you could start Zeke just because he could be on a pitch count, and they're still using Zeke in the passing game. Zeke has 19 targets and 17 catches over the last two games, three games. Zeke's been doing it for him with Ramondre being out. I think that... I mean, it's it's tough because Ramondre's coming off the ankle. You don't know what, what it's going to be like. It's risky. But I think they're both pretty safe starts. It's a very generous matchup against Denver. It's in Denver. It's going to be cold. Could be snowy. You don't know. We don't know the weather yet. But the Patriots are going to use their running back. Zeke's been pretty efficient. I know he got kind of held in check by Kansas City last week. But bad game script and just kind of got caught in the defensive the offensive turnovers and that and that start the Patriots running backs this week looking at the sit side first guy I'm going to mention is Saquon Barkley going up against Philly uh reasons being I got a feeling Philly is pissed off and I still think that Philly is a good football team and I think that they're going to take it out on the Giants this week um it's Christmas day I believe it is and I think that you know they figured out Tommy DeVito. I think that, you know, the, the the run, the playoff run of the Giants is officially over. They just got absolutely rocked by the Saints, and the Saints suck. Uh, and now they're traveling to Philly. It's not a far travel. It's being in Philly is what's going to be the problem here. And I feel like this defensive line gets after Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think that they forced Tommy DeVito to beat him because the secondary is banged up. For starters, uh, so. the Giants might try to do that. But I think if Philly wants to win this game, which they should, they're like 13-point favorites, which is a horrible game script for running backs, they're going to shut down the run, force Tommy DeVito to pass it. I think they're going to get out to an early lead. 
it just doesn't scream like a good day for Saquon. I feel like it's going to be a very similar line to the New Orleans game that just happened. Yeah, um, my first sit in running back, running backs, I had a couple committees. Uh, I think you sit the Colts running backs this week at the Falcons. Now, again, the Falcons' defense has been spotty at times this year, but they're the second-best defense against the run in all of the National Football League. Zach Moss hasn't been his same self since Jonathan Taylor's been back. And if Jonathan Taylor does play this week, the Colts have showed they're not afraid to put him on a pitch count. They did it coming off the injury for a couple weeks. It lasted for him to finally get back and move. And I know it was a different type of injury, but it's the same thing. Atlanta's been good against the run all season, and I don't think that that changes now with Jonathan Taylor coming back. The Colts' O-line's banged up. They don't have all their starters back, and I think that's why they haven't had as much much success running the ball as of late, and they've played some tough teams. I just don't see this week the... I wouldn't take the risk this week of starting Jonathan Taylor, who could be on a pitch count, and a Zach Moss, who really has been very inconsistent and bad since Jonathan Taylor's been out and he's been the RB1. My next running back sit, and this is the guy that said a start last week, so I apologize. It's Austin Eckler going up against Buffalo. I don't know what happened against the Raiders. Um, They completely took his role out of the offense. You know, he played 40% of the snaps, and he didn't do anything with any of that. Granted, the Chargers didn't do anything with anything else either. They scored 21 points. Yeah. Uh, and now they're playing against Buffalo, a team that's starting to get hot. I got a feeling this is going to be a really bad day for the Chargers. Yeah. Um, Buffalo is like 10-point favorites, 11-point favorites. 11. 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just screams a dogging. And I think that's what's going to happen this week. I think, you know, they say December and January, Buffalo's not good or not good to play against, really, really good football team. And I've always said the Chargers, when the weather starts getting cold, they start to suck. And I think we're going to see that once again. Uh, Buffalo is probably going to win by 30. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, my first, my next sit running backs were, I said the Vikings running backs. Kicking the dog. Yup. Just, I mean, just because Madison's coming back this week. But, I mean, I Ty Chandler had 23 half PPR points, had 130 rushing yards with four catches and a touchdown last week. They're playing Detroit. Again, Detroit's defense been bad, but what have they been good at all season? Stopping the run. This is very bad game script for the Vikings running backs, especially with Madison coming back. There's, I think that, again, the line's three points. The overhype of the Vikings is ridiculous right now. I think the Vikings are going to... Kind of get their ass kicked this week. I think it's negative game script. Detroit's getting hot. Must win game for Detroit. So I don't think you should start Ty Chandler or Alex Madison this week. Jumping over to the start side, looking at the receiver position. Uh, my first receiver start this week is the Seattle receivers going up against Tampa. Tampa last week. Seattle does not play Tampa. What? Who they play? Tampa plays Jacksonville. I definitely messed this up. Didn't you have Kenneth Walker in there? No. Huh. Who does he have? Seattle. Seattle's got... The Titans. Mm. Okay. That's what I meant. I typed Tampa instead of Titans. Fair I can enough. see the mistake. <laughs> Starting the Seattle receivers going up against the Titans. The Titans secondary has been suspect all season to say the least. Uh, they just had a dogfight with the Texans, but granted, that was with the backup quarterback situation. 
if you're going to expose the Titans team, it is through the air. And I think that's what Seattle is looking forward to. Uh, Seattle is built on their receiving core. And I think Gino is going to be back next week. He was active this week. I don't really know how that situation works. It's kind of weird. Um, because, uh, whatever. But I feel like Gino Smith is going to be back next week. And if he is, DK is going to eat. Um, JSN is going to eat. Tyler Lockett's always a toss-up. Because that dude could be two, where that dude could be nothing. Two hundred, correct. I think two out of the three eat. I would definitely start DK, and deeper leagues, I would start probably JSN too. Now, if you're watching this and you're a gambler, this is a straight gamble. Now, my first starter wide receiver of the week. This is the first player I have on my list. The first player who I put on my list today. That's Calvin Ridley of the. Jacksonville Jaguars traveling all the way across the world to go play the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. That's how you would get there. If you were going to leave the state, you had to go all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technically, I mean, you could just fly like up, nah. have a layover. I mean, <laughs> it's it's true. But I look at it like this. This is a, only a play if Trevor Lawrence plays. By the way, I know he's in the concussion protocol again. It's too early to tell. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, you don't start Calvin Ridley. If Trevor, but this is a must-win game for Jacksonville. Jacksonville is tied currently with the Houston Texans for the division. They're a game ahead because they have the tiebreakers. But this is a must-win game for Jacksonville. It's also a must-win game for Tampa Bay because New Orleans plays who this week? Who does New Orleans play this week? Because I think they play an easy game. They play the Rams Thursday night. Okay. So, that's a loss. Tampa can't afford to lose this game, but they're still a must-win for them if they want to secure this division. Tampa's been very bad in the secondary. Their secondary's not been good. The Jags are going to want to come in here and score a lot of points just because their secondary's banged up, and I can see a world where this is a good old-fashioned Florida shootout. That's what I see this game being, again, if Trevor Lawrence plays... It's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's the only receiver there. Simple as that. Zay Flat Zay Flat. Zay Jones, he plays, but then he's been hurt. It's inconsistent. Christian Kirk, IR. Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne can only do so much. They need somebody catching passes. They traded for him for a second round pick. It's a must-win game for Jacksonville. I think you can start Calvin Ridley this week as long as Trevor Lawrence plays, and you'll be happy. And if you're in your fantasy football playoffs and you held on to Calvin Ridley, it'll be like poetic justice, how he won you your championship. Spinning off of that game, I started Chris Godwin against Jacksonville, so I have no idea how I messed up the Seahawks one because I literally <laughs> said Chris Godwin versus Jacksonville. Nonetheless, uh, Chris Godwin last week against the Packers, Baker Mayfield absolutely pelted that guy with targets. He had 10 receptions. He probably had 15 targets for all I know. Um, over 100 yards, and that dude looked amazing last week. And I feel like against the Jaguars, he can have similar success. The Jaguars' defense has been suspect, to say the least. The Browns hung up 31 on them. So if the Browns can hang up 31... Wi-Fi went up? Great. So if the Browns can hang up 31, I know for sure that Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can hang up another 30-piece. So go ahead and start Chris Godwin this week. It feels like him and Baker have a great relationship building. And I think that they're going to continue that. You can... Mike Evans also... He gets a touchdown or 100 yards every single week. Yep. So basically a touchdown every single week. 
Yeah, and no, my final starter receiver this week, this is more for a deeper league, sneaky daily fantasy guy, it's Jordan Addison. Now, this might be kicking the dog just because he put up 26 last week, half PPR, but it's not. <laughs> They're playing Detroit this week. I think Detroit's going to kick their ass. But what does an ass kicking mean for an offense? Garbage time. Exactly. We saw, I know, he only had six targets last week. He went for all for 111 yards, two touchdowns. If they need to throw the ball deep, Nick Mullins is looking for Jordan Addison. He ain't looking for Jay Jettis. I mean, he was. But if they need to, if they need a deep touchdown or if they're taking a shot, they're taking it to Jordan Addison. We've seen Jordan. I mean, we've seen Justin Jefferson own Detroit for the past couple years. We've seen the likes of Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne have games against Detroit. This is the Jordan Addison Detroit game week. He's gonna keep it up, back to back good weeks with. With a lot of yards, with catching all his targets, with scoring touchdowns. Start Jordan Addison this week if you're in a deeper league again. If he's like your receiver four or five, don't go out of your way to start him. But if you're in a deeper league or if you went running back heavy and you got guys that are banged up, Jordan Addison is not a bad start this week by any means. Jumping over to the sit side, um, my first sit receiver this week, it's a whole group. It is the Washington Commanders receivers against the Jets. I understand that Jacoby Brissett came in and he made this team look decent against the Rams and they were down by 28. I think it was 28 nothing when he came in. But it's going to be a different situation this week. It's probably going to be Jacoby Brissett again, but its score's going to be 0-0. And they're playing against the Jets defense that just got exposed by the Dolphins. I feel like the Jets probably win this game, if I'm being honest, and I, I think that this defense dominates. I'm not worried about Jacoby Brissett. I don't think the Jets are either. I understand that Jalen Waddle just popped off against them, but that's not going to happen again. I think they strapped this whole entire receiving core. I would sit Terry. I would sit. You're definitely sitting the other ones. But I would sit Terry McLaurin this week against the Jets. I also am going to go out there and say sit DeAndre Hopkins this week. Somehow against all odds, he's a receiver 20 on the year. Um, But, again, this could be your fantasy football championship week. This could be your fantasy football first round. He had nine targets last week. I get it. What did he do on the nine targets? He caught two and turned it into 21 yards. That's not winning you a fantasy football championship. You're relying on Will Levis and D-Hop to connect on five to seven of these targets for a touchdown. The volume is there for D-Hop. I get it. They're playing a Seahawks secondary that really kind of looked good the other night against Philly. I mean, Julian Love, two picks. They were playing without Devin Witherspoon. Reek Woolen held his own. Seattle's secondary is only getting healthier. Tennessee's done in the playoffs. They have no shot. Seattle is playing there for a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to let D-Hop do what he did to Miami two weeks ago or Indianapolis three weeks ago. I think they're going to shut him down. I think they're going to game plan very similarly for what how they game planned against the Eagles because – yeah, we saw that ended up they won. But I don't think you can start D-Hop this week again. If you, I, I get it. Seattle's defense has been spotty in the secondary. So I don't blame you if you do. But it's too big of a gamble. And would you rather lose your fantasy football playoff game because you went with your gut? Or would you rather lose because you didn't listen to me and you started D-Hop and... He gave you 3.1 points for your championship. Sure. 
The floor is yours. My final receiver this week is Nico Collins going up against Cleveland. Nico Collins has been an absolute stud this year uh, when he has played. There's games where he kind of shit the bed a little bit. But for the most part, he has done really good, and you are happy that you drafted him. He is wide receiver 16 on the year. Nobody was expecting that at all. However, going up against Cleveland, I don't love it. He missed last week with an ankle injury. Ankle, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Calf. Um, calf injury. And now he's playing against a Cleveland defense that is really, really good. C.J. Stroud also missed last week with a concussion. He is still in the protocol. C.J. Stroud will probably play, if I had to guess. If he doesn't play, you have to sit Nico Collins. If he does play, I think you can still sit him because these guys, I mean, they have to come out slow, I guess. I mean, I would assume they would. Nico Collins hasn't played football in two weeks, and neither has C.J. Stroud. This Texans team is really, really banged up. Tank Dell's out for the year. So they've been relying on Noah Brown, Nico Collins. I feel like defenses are going to hone in on Nico Collins and make C.J. Stroud throw the ball to Noah Brown and beat him. And it has happened. Noah Brown popped off not that long ago yeah. with C.J. Stroud, and he popped off I this week. I him into a third round pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, whenever that week was, he popped off. It was um, like two weeks back-to-back. He had like 28 and yeah. 21. Yeah. It was like but I don't think that's going to happen against anomaly. Cleveland. I think they're going to shut down Nico Collins, make Noah Brown beat him, and that's where I lean with it. Again, I said it a couple weeks ago, piggybacking off Ryan. Kicking the Texans. Kicking the shit out of the Texans. You're sitting Dalton Schultz. It's as simple as this. Cleveland has been one of the best teams against tight ends all year. How does Dalton Schultz play when he plays against teams that are good against tight ends? Terrible. When he plays teams that are bad against tight ends, he pops off. Example, Tampa Bay, 27 points. Cincinnati, 11 points. Arizona, 11 points. Terrible teams against the tight ends. Jaguars, amazing against tight ends. One. Jaguars, one. Baltimore, two. Indianapolis, seven. And Cleveland is the best of the best at guarding tight ends. Their linebacking core is solid. They're not afraid to throw a Grant Delpit on a tight end. That's why they drafted him. Again, Nico Collins coming back from an injury. They're going to strap him up. They're going to make C.J. Stroud try and throw it to Dalton Schultz, and he's just going to get his ass kicked running across the middle by Grant Delpit. Sit them all. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Don't forget to like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you guys are new. Good luck. Win yourselves a championship, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. Peace.